Good morning, everyone. I'm so aware that it's Monday morning and you need to be at the work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you. But I know that this is a divine God appointment. You know, before I do a trip, um, we take the, the invitations and we don't always say yes to everything because, you know, you can only do so much. And um, just to fly in for one day doesn't make sense at all. And I said, Lord, I don't think this makes sense. And he says, you know by now. It's not sense. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to make sense. I want you there. So then it's fine. Then you'll give me the strength and the everything. I want you to know before I pray that I'm not standing here because my English is perfect. Because I'm perfect. English is my second language and um, I lack a lot of words. <laughs> I lack a lot of, <laughs> a lot of lots of things. Um, I'm not here because of anything. I'm not even here because of a story. I'm only here because of him. The story is one thing, but God is totally another thing. I'm just because you're because of him. I love him with all my heart, and I just want to obey his voice. So don't put your eyes on me, because I have nothing to offer you. It's the king of glory inside. That's all. The body of Christ looked like it is today because we put our eyes on man. We get hurt because man is just man. So don't fall into that trap. I'm just a woman. You know, there was a time that America sends missionaries to Africa. Remember those years? Today God sent missionaries from Africa. <laughs> True. I cry a lot. <laughs> so I need a box. <laughs> Thanks. You can just leave it there. I'll wrap it. Okay. Abba Father, we love you in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm standing here before you this morning, totally dependent on you. I trust, rely, and lean completely on you with all my being. I ask that every word of me will drop before it hits the heart of man, but that your spirit, the breath of Yahweh, will flow through my spirit. I take by faith the keys of the kingdom and I open up kingdom right now. And I pray that you will touch the eyes of understanding this morning and all our spiritual senses. I ask that you will redeem it this morning because we can do nothing without the redemption and the blood of the Lamb. I ask you for a fresh outpour of your anointing and the open heaven that is over us right now. I pray, Father, that you will grant us this forever. That whoever put their feet on this place, this premises, will experience the Spirit of God. And whoever is filled today with the truth, wherever they go, open heaven will go with them. I ask you for the spirit of revelation, the spirit of prophecy, and the spirit of truth. I pray for the seven spirits before the throne that you will operate through them this morning. I pray that you will speak to our spirits 
through your spirit. Because not, if not, we're wasting time because soul cannot change anything. I pray that you will do what you want to do today. Thank you for your love and thank you for the mantle of love that you already start pouring out and covering people right now. We so love you, Abba. We so love you, Jesus, our Messiah. And we so love you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for a fresh outpour of your love. We take the keys of the kingdom that's around our neck and we ask you to bring kingdom right now to earth. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. This morning, four o'clock, the Lord woke me up and... Um, can I use your table a bit? And, uh, you know, sometimes just one scripture will, will keep me busy. But he gave me this, uh, I opened up and um, I was reading in Job, you know, what happened to Job and just a couple of things. And, and there was one scripture that, that really got my attention. And in my life, this is what it's about. The scripture says, for the Lord has accepted Job. He has accepted Job. You know, we so desperately want the world to accept us. We so desperately want, you know, I need to fit in with you, and I need to look like you, and I need to speak like you, and I need to be as clever as you, and I need to this and this and this. But we all get hurt by that. But Job had everything. Job got hurt. Job, you know the journey of Job. But the day in his life, everything changed when he made this confession. And he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees you. So what happened in Job's life? He started knowing God. He had an encounter with God. And that encounter with God changed his whole life. His whole life, in our language, he, we would have said, you know, he was a charismatic. He, he, you know, he did the whole thing. He knew everything. He was a Baptist or whatever. He knew it. He knew everything. But at the end of the day, he had to confess. And he was on his face in the ashes. He says, no. No, 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 no. It was all this. It was all this. And I want to confess, Lord. I want to repent and I want to confess. He says, now my eyes sees you. Now what eyes do you think sees him? It's his spirit. He could have said it in other terms. He could have said, you know, I've always knew you with a knowledge. But now my spirit woke up. And now my spirit knows you. Because you will never know God if it's not out of your spirit. Because God is spirit. And in my life, I'm going to tell you my story. In my life, God taught me in a very, very expensive,
expensive way, but a true way that I will never reach God if it's not out of spirit. Never at all. And, you know, I'm not even debatable because I eat this every day of my life. I eat it. I taste it because the word of God says taste and see that God is good. This is not taste. This is knowing with knowledge. But knowing from this place is tasting. That's a different thing. So there Job confessed. He says, and I repent in dust and ashes. Now I want to ask you this morning before we start. And I'm not going to expect you to lift your hand, okay? Because God will never expose you. But in the spirit, everything that we speak today. And I speak only to your spirit man in the name of Jesus Christ. So I ask your spirit man to come to the front and to hear what God wants to speak to you today. I ask you, if you have been to this place where Job have been, not losing everything in your life. I'm not talking about your bank balance. I'm not talking about anything other than a place where he says, I repent in dust and ashes because I thought I know you. But that was a lie. I'm at this place, Father. At this desperate place in my life. I need your spirit. I need you. That was the turn of Job's life. And when his spirit came to the front, God says, come, I accept you. Come. I accept you. Come. I've never met a man in my life, woman. I travel wide. Who met God? If you haven't been to that place of ashes and dust, I haven't met one. I've heard a lot of stories. Lots. But a story is one thing, and truth is another thing. It's one thing to know everything, but there's a power that comes from within. And if there is no power within, there's nothing. Well, normally at a spirit school, in South Africa, I really, I really believe with all my heart in South Africa, there's a real fire at this moment coming from Africa. Real fire. Hunger for God. And it's, it's tangible. And it's, it's amazing. It's an absolutely dependency on God because of our situation. But with that fire coming from Africa and what God is doing in Africa, God really taught us a lot of things and we've experienced a lot of things. And around the world, I see how God wants to do something right now. Right now. We're in that time. This is why this is so timely. Uh, you know, I, I was so excited last night. I was like a little girl. I was so excited. Oh, they got it. <laughs> because not many churches get it. Many churches just want to go bigger, but they're not crying out for the Spirit of God. Amen. You see? And um, I'm, okay, this is what I'm going to say. So at the spirit schools in South Africa, I teach a lot of deep things. 
deep, deep stuff. And if I'm going to say now a couple of them, I know your eyes are going to be, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I teach about the Nephilim. I teach about spiritual husbands and wives and your stuff. Real stuff. Real stuff that is in people like you and me. It's just not being taught. So, I'm not going to go there all the way today. I prayed and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, start with your testimony because this is what they need now. But I'm also going to tell you the truth before I go on. The truth is this. The truth is my journey is a 10-year journey. I met God supernaturally. Everything in my life is supernaturally. Every day in my life is supernaturally. Every day. But with the light and the glory of God, He is going to expose everything else in your life. Why? Because He's coming for a pure, spotless bride. And He's not going to tolerate the harlot bride. And the scary part of wanting so desperate the supernatural is only wanting that but not cleansing yourself. Why? Because then I sit with part of me, 2 Timothy 2.26, where a part of my mind is being taken captive by Satan. Where God wants me to do His work, a part of my mind has been taken captive by Satan. Now I have a double mind. And the Word of God says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He says such a man shall pray and you will not receive. So you agree with me that a part of me can be desperate for God you agree? Without knowing there's a part of me that's a double mind. Understand? And this double mind of mine has been taken by Satan to do his works. So now I'm in church. I'm pastor or I'm reader. I'm whoever. And I have a double mind. So how did the double mind come in? With brokenness. So do you think there's one of us that can say, not me? We all. So this is the journey called a journey to holiness. So I'm starting with this. So that you can understand where I'm going to go. That God did not bring Aldo back and he says, now it's just going to be fireworks. Go wild. He didn't use him only for that. He said, I'm going to bring him back. And he's a brain injured child. And I know God is still going to heal him completely. But for now, the journey that we walk daily, 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 he exposed everything in my life, everything in our lives, everything around us. He exposed the bride of Christ. Why? For a time like this. So that we can get all the harlot out of us. Because God is not going to accept a harlot bride. And there's so many veils over us. And that veil is called denial. And that denial is going to kill you. I'm telling you, it's killing people around the world. It's killing the body of Christ. 
Because we don't want to accept the truth. And I'm nothing different than you. If I would have heard this message, and I'm telling you, the words that God gives Aldo, the letters that he, he gives him, it's hard word. It's never, never sugar-coated. Never. It's two days on my face, flat. Because God would not allow me to give a message like this if he didn't take it out. And he's still busy. You don't look at someone that is perfect. This is a journey of holiness. And this is the beauty of God. He keeps on taking out. He keeps on taking out. Because you know what? I can only give you today as much as Christ in me. I can give you Christ. The other problem is this. Discernment. If I have a double mind and somebody is standing right here with a double mind, which fire do you think I bring in? Is God's fire or is it a false fire? Would you have the discernment? If you put your TVs on, do you have discernment? What do you see if you watch those programs? Do you see the heart of God? I'm not judging you, I'm asking you. Do we just eat or do we have discernment? Or we just eat whatever's on your plate? So this is the times that we are in. The enemy don't want us out of church. He wants us mixed in church. He can use us powerfully in church if I'm mixed. Double-minded. It is. And this is why, you know, if I, I'm just now going to share my testimony, but if I do the spirit school going deeper and deeper and deeper, not everybody wants to hear this stuff. It's much easier to say, you know what, I just want the fire of God, I'm going to go. I'm going to pray for whoever. Come, 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 let me pray. good. I'm telling you one thing, there was a time for everything. We were going into a time where the fire of God is going to purify us. It's a purifying fire that he's pouring out now. So be ready for it. You know, if somebody said to me, would you pray for me because the fire of God is upon me? I'd say, yeah, seven times more, Lord. <laughs> so be careful. You ask me to pray for you. <laughs> it's only the fire of God that got me where I am. And I still got a long way. Four o'clock this morning, I, you know, this is my prayer every day. Just put your glory light on, Lord. Just put your glory light on. You know, I know about grace. I know, I know a lot about grace because I've tasted a lot of grace in my life. I know the blood is one of the greatest grace we've found in our life. But I want to tell you something. What is in my eyes, a lot of grace in my life. A lot. A lot. And it cost me a lot to say this. But the day, I'm not talking about 10 years ago, I'm talking about recently, five years ago, when God started lifting my veil. 
and start showing me the condition of my own heart. That's called great grace. Great, great grace. You know why? Man cannot see it by himself. Cannot. Cannot. Today I'm going to show you a lot of all these letters. The beginning that I'm going to show you is fairly easy swallow stuff. <laughs> but I don't know how far we're going to go and what I can show you today. But later in the years, it got hot nuggets. It was real hot nuggets, so what God started sharing with me. Tough stuff. Many a time when he, got, he wrote a letter, it took me a week to suggest, you know, what's that word? Su digest it. And um, before I could speak about it. And then I knew God wants me to speak it to the body. And I said, God, this is hot stuff. He says, this is for my remnant. Set apart group of people who wants my fullness. It's for them. So this is why you're here today. Um, Father, thank you for accepting us. And thank you that you teach us. So by your love and grace. Okay, this is my family. This is um, Aldo now. Um, this is a couple of years ago, but he's today a grown-up man, and my Josh is 13 years old, um, my husband, and this is Aldo's wife. Go. He was 12 years old when our accident happened. Um, let me quickly give you a little bit background about my life. I um, grew up in South Africa on a farm, um, and um, very that generation where my father came from, very hard generation, um, very very hard, um, racist. You know, South Africa is known by that very hard racist man. He was a very broken man, um, screaming, shouting, swearing, hard man. My spirits knew all along that was not right. So my spirit as a young girl, I could not, I, I, I wasn't the girl that jumped on my father. I look at what my children do with my husband. It wasn't like, you know, I knew. God saved us a lot because at the age of five, I went to hostel. All my life in hostel. And um, then when I went to study, I went to hostel again. So he's, he really spared me a lot. But still... You know, weekends you go home, and he was, he was very hard man. And I, I'm very sure most of you can understand what I'm saying. But the law of the spirit, you know, we think these things happen in the flesh, but the law of the spirit is just one of those things, what you sow, you reap. So broken fathers break their children. And broken children become broken fathers. And broken fathers break their children. You know, it's a circle like that. Same with mothers. So we grew up 
and our spirits become orphans because we don't have the heart we don't have the father we don't have that that sample of our father so our lives all our lives then all of a sudden we start yearning there's a void in us we start yearning for stuff you work hard your father accepts you you get a compliment or whatever you know what i'm saying so it's that circle that you are in so another law of life is the harder you work the harder the more you'll get you know and this is what the enemy wants to do he wants to get us into this performance in the kingdom of the world where i perform and i get a tap where our father says just come the way you are because i love you I just love you. I love you. Come, come, come. I accept you as you are. Because in your spirit, I've already deposited everything you need for this life. Absolutely everything. It's not by your might nor by your power. It's by my spirit. So this is what the enemy was after from the beginning to get us in the world's kingdom. So yes, I really went for the world's kingdom. I worked hard and everything happened. But there was always a void in my life. Nothing could fill that. Yes, we went to church, did the church thing, but there was not that intimacy, oneness. And I'm telling you, the, the, the hour that we are in, God wants to raise up the fathers and return the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers. So much lies are out there that, you know, we need to work so hard to provide for our children. God says, give your children what money cannot buy and I will provide the money. Do you see kingdom, different kingdoms? So I was all lopsided. But God was so faithful, you know, because my father was so hard and such a, uh, he was in a cult and he was, uh, he went, um, he went to um, Sangomas and people stole from his farm. And he went to Sangomas and um, he, they did some stuff. Of course, the wrong God. He didn't went to God, so he went there. Dark kingdom. What did he do? He trade. He went to that dark kingdom. He opened up the realm of the spirit because everything is spirit, what you do. He trade. He took that, killed four people, but what he didn't realize, it was a trading. So what he did, it was June, a couple of how many years ago. So, in the spirit, it's written. So, so many years later, he said, he actually did this in the spirit. Yes, um, Baal or whatever God, I serve you. Now kill those people and I give you my DNA and my seed. You can do with them whatever you want. So, two generations later, I was born. And then um, my son, and in a June, we call it a time bomb in the spirit. June, the bomb explode because nobody repented of it. Nobody redeemed it by the blood. Nobody accepted, take responsibility for it. So June came, boom, bomb, time bomb. What happened? Four in the car? You're going to be killed. So this is my life, okay? So um, this is my son, Aldo, before our accident. Normal 12-year-old boy. People ask me all the time, so did you go to church? Of course we went to church. Everybody go to church. That doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't make you a child of the Most High God. That does not put you in the Father's heart. Does not. 
It's all about knowing God. Okay, so I was working very hard and doing good in business because this is one of those things. If you work hard, that's what you'll get. But I was working so hard because I wanted to fill this gap. Could not. So I went to Canada and I was speaking there, came back into New York and my husband and Aldo flew in and this was the mosaic. So we went to the United Nations building and I said to him, come standing, stand here, I want to take a picture. And you know what I did is I took my hand on the mosaic and it's, um, what's the word? It uh, cut me, cut me. So it was bleeding and I thought, wow. And as I was standing there, the Lord said to me, all the broken pieces of your life, it's nothing more than a beautiful mosaic of your future. I'm like, whoa. For somebody that don't hear God's voice, that was pretty hard. And I just wrote it down. I'm like, whoa. You know, it's, do you know when God speaks to your spirit, everything in you will know it. It will just, whoosh. my spirit was so empty, it went like, Goom. <laughs> I knew something hit. Goom. So I wrote it down. This is very prophetic. I realized afterwards the world. All the nations, everything. So we came back literally two months after that, and um, we had our accident. What happened, it was the evening I, was, I had a speaking engagement in, in, um, in the Free State. We came back, and um, there was a still standing vehicle in the road. Our, our highways don't have lights like you guys. So it was near a um, Soweto, and... Um, so yeah, uh, my husband tried to avoid the accident and he could not. And there was a water curb and our vehicle starts rolling. And um, what happened is my children fell out of the vehicle. It was a dark night and people stopped and I fell over the pieces of, of the vehicle and I heard the same gentle voice that spoke that day to me with exactly the same words that said, all the broken pieces of your life is nothing more than a beautiful mosaic of your future. In that rush, I thought, I heard this before. In that rush, I realized, oh, it was there. In that rush, rush I realized that was God trying to say something to me. In that rush, I just realized it. Oh. Well, I cried out to God because I could not find my children. Somebody eventually founded my Josh in the bush. He was only two years old, only a cut, but nobody could find Aldo. My spirit, literally, I want you to hear today, everything that we are talking today is about spirit. Okay, my spirit just opened up because it was so broken. It was so hard, and all of a sudden it was just so open. And what was amazing to me is how immediately I could hear God's voice. Immediately, immediately, immediately I could hear His voice. And then I've learned from that first step, I've learned so much. Because that night He guided me. He guided me. Something in me, Holy Spirit, guided me to my son's body over the other highway. I mean, how would you know that? He guided me. I fell over his body 
And uh, I stop and I, I help. Uh, I look down, and um, everything in, knew, in me knew he's dying. I took my hand and I tried to figure out what's going on, and I put literally my hand in his skull, in his brain. Well, then I could feel how life is leaving me. You know, I, I thought, God, I'm dying. I know he's dying, but I'm also dying. I knew I'm dying. Everything of me is dying now. For 10 years, he was my only child. For 10 years, these were my words. If anything happened to him, he's my everything. What if? What if? He's my everything. Whatever you fear will happen to you. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. So do God leave us like this? No. He says, take your thoughts captive. Captive. Because you're not going to get so holy that those thoughts doesn't come in. But when they come, take them captive. Well, I did not. He was 10 years my only child and I made him a god. That is an idol. 1 John 5.21 Children, I tell you the truth. Anything that you love more than you love God is an idol. Yeah. It can be your ministry. Do you know it can be your pain? Do you know people idolize their pain? Do you know that pain become a god to people? self you just love God with all your heart your soul your mind everything in you love God so and then that experience happened where um, the vehicle came and I heard a soft gentle voice just like this get up just get up I got up and the vehicle was right there and uh, very amazing, a couple of years ago, I received an email from that man that was in that vehicle. And the same experience that I had with Jesus, that encounter that night he had, that changed his life. Somebody gave him a book of mine and he didn't realize, you know, but when he read the book, he realized it was me. <laughs> and he, he sent me a mail, he said, can I tell you what happened to me that night? You know how much it meant to me because how could his life not change if Jesus was right there? So that was for me incredible. But um, then I looked in this vehicle's lights and I started shivering and the fire of God came over me and the peace of God came over me. And um, it's been 10 years and this peace has never left me. Yes, the valleys was there, and the mountains is very high, and the valleys are there, and the mountains are very high, but this peace has never, ever, 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 ever left me one second. I'm talking about one second. He says, in this world, you will have difficulties. He says, but in me. You see, this is the key. I'm saying to you today, this is the key. It's in him. It's not knowing about him. 
It's in him. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. It's about abiding. You see what, what blesses me so much? We get the chance to, to really travel around the world. But not only to America and the fancy places. To Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, um, India, Pakistan. Places that can offer you nothing. But then you get there. I once slept, me and my husband slept in a little zinc house of an old lady. Little zinc house, like this. And she had some maize. You know maize that you eat? Corn. What do they call it here? Corn? Well, in Africa, we eat it a lot. I, I see you don't. <laughs> you are too... <laughs> well, we do. But anyway, so I just, I saw that she just had a little pack. And I'm thinking, well, we're a week and a half here. I don't think she knows me. I can eat. <laughs> and by the second day, I'm asking the talk, the, 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 what's the talk? Um, interpreter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The interpreter. Um, to um, ask her if we can go, when we go out today, maybe we can buy her some more, you know? And he was talking to her and she was oh, something. And I thought, what did he tell her? Because she's like really angry now with me. And I said, what did you say? And he felt so embarrassed to tell me. I said, you can tell me, but what did you tell her? He says, no, just what you said. He says, but she says that she's so disappointed in you because she thought you know God. It's things that are like that. When I stay a week and a half with her, that maze don't even drop. Where I start learning about abiding. Oh, the economy. The what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Where are you? You see, I didn't learn these things, even in my own journey, when I come to America and I look at the people, no! I don't see it here. I see a cloud of fear. I see it where people have no hope other than God. That's where I find that. I saw my journey where I could run to no man because all would say, oh, you lost it. But only to God. Where the world says, this is impossible that you are telling me this child is doing. We're here, right, to the doctor, to the neurosurgeon, and say, sir, this is something in my brain. There's a, the pump you put in is not working. There's a blockage, and there's a blockage here. Where they say, it's impossible. And two weekends ago, I had a seminar in Cape Town, and the, surgeon, the neurosurgeon sat there, gave his life. He says, how could I argue? The nearest surgeon asked him the second time, how do you know these things? He says, Holy Spirit, sir. <laughs> do you know him? He says, no. He says, then you don't touch me again. <laughs> you see, it's a different kingdom. Is where I looked at that man the whole weekend where I ministered and the tears ran. And Saturday night I make a call and I said, whoever wants of this spirit. And men, I'm talking about lawyers, I'm talking about 
Very clever men. Not coming to the front, fell on their faces. Desperately. This doesn't help me anymore, God. I need to abide. I need you, God. And this is how the remnant will look. No other way. That old lady in Uganda, she's part of the remnant. She's the bride. She knows to trust him. I didn't walk in and she could impress me with a fancy couch, with a material or anything. There was nothing to impress me with. It was just, this is me. This is me. And all I have is Jesus in me. That's all I have. You know, we were flat on the ground lying there on a mattress, little... And me and my husband, we didn't sleep much there because that night I could see our eyes were wide open. Say, God, help us. Just help us. Next. So then he, uh, the, the cars came. Everyone stopped and helped us. And my husband lift, took, him, took him and put him, uh, carry him back to the to the accident and uh, the helicopter came and um, you know everyone was there and then an, an African man came and he was driving in the accident right in the accident people literally jumped out like that and I was like a real South African oh no not that as well because I was thinking now they're going to do something to us you know sometimes they steal on the, the accident scenes or whatever so I was, I was really panicking then. And this African man jumped out and he ran to my son. By that stage, the, the helicopter, the, the, the paramedic already covered him, but not only him, his head as well. And they called us and they say, Mr. and Mrs. McPherson, come and greet your child. So how do you greet your child? How would you greet your child then? We kissed him. We, kissed, we just kissed him. What would you do? You're in so much shock, and, and I got Josh, two years old, kiss your brother, and that's it. What do you do? So this African man came, and he ran to, to this. And we're all in shock, and he lifts the, 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 the blanket, and he starts screaming. So I'm not sure in your church, do you do screaming? <laughs> well, in our puffed-up churches, we don't. Do you know what's puffed up? Go and read your Bible. God said to Moses, they are puffed up. So this man was screaming and he lifted the blanket and he says, in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, this boy will live and he will not die. He will love and he will not die. And he was screaming. He will love and he will not die. And he was doing some warfare and bind the spirit of death. And I whoa. <laughs> I, I was like, whoa. You know, I stood a little bit like this, puffed up. I said, God. In my arrogance. Where are you? He answered me because now my spirit was open. He says, look at that man. He's my hands and he's my feet. How about you? And I'm asking you today, how about you? You think coming to church is being his hands and his feet? He wants the kingdom out there. 
He wants you to be the kingdom wherever you go. When last did you stop at an accident scene and pray? I had the privilege, me and my husband in Rwanda, when we were driving back from a village, we got to a place where a, an African man fell and he had a head injury and we knew it because the fluid coming out of his nose. So by now we know how it looks. So we could see it and the Red Cross was there as well and it's not a road where there's many, ac many uh, vehicles. And the Red Cross left him there and said, you know, he's going to die. We know why she said that. He's going to die. I have another accident. I'm going there. So I looked at this and, I, and God says, soften my spirit. He says, I give you an opportunity to give back. Isn't that amazing? So there were some um, South African engineers as well at the place where we've, uh, they worked there, but we ministered there. So they found us, you know, around there. And so we start talking. And uh, so uh, just by coincidence, they were also at the accident scene. So I start praying and, and praying and, and, and I just did what that, the Lord said, just do what I, that man did. <laughs> so I was literally doing what that man did. I was rehearsing. I said, in the name of Jesus, you will not die, but you will live. And then my husband said, the spirit of death. I said, okay, and the spirit of death. It was amazing. And then I was praying in tongues, and then the Lord says, the angels are here, you can go. And then I said to my husband, I quickly want to go to the toilet. There's no toilet, you know the bush. I said, cavey, quickly cavey, I need to go. And these men were like, what? <laughs> so I said to our driver, we can go. God says, the angels are here, everything is fine, we can go. So we left. So the next day at the airport, these men come to my husband. They were on the same flight back. They said, what language did your wife spoke there? <laughs> what, what language are you? <laughs> he says, why? He says, you were just around the corner and that man got up. Wow. He said he got up. And you know, the, the, the stuff, what came, it already came out of his mouth. Um, no, the... Um, yeah, yeah, out of his mouth and his nose. He got up. So this is, can you imagine? Can you just imagine? Kingdom, kingdom. This is how God started teaching me. Just do what I ask you to do. Kingdom's very easy. He says, you will not enter the kingdom of God if you do not come like a child. And that's why so little come in. said always to him when I come to the States, Lord, I can't speak English. The other day I was speaking in Kuala Lumpur and very clever people. I'm telling you, they're so clever. I, I can't listen what they are saying. They're speaking over my head. You know how that feels? I'm sure you don't know, but I know. <laughs> they're speaking words that I don't understand. And I literally said, God, what am I doing here? You know? And I look at the, the invitation. Am I at the right place? <laughs> God says, yes. I said, what am I doing here? He said, show them my heart. Show them my heart. They know all this, but they just don't know my heart. Kingdom, come like a child. So then the helicopter took Aldo to a hospital, and um, he was in a four or five hours operation. They came out, they said, Mr. and Mrs. McPherson, 
Don't be fooled that my husband's surname is McPherson, okay? <laughs> he said, um, your child's got a heavy, severe brain injury, bra mid-brain, brain stem, left, right, all over. He says, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to put him on, on all the machines in a glass place, a glass room, and um, it's going to give you time to say goodbye. He says, normally what happened, the organs stop. So that will give you some time. When your spirit breaks open, it's a very amazing thing that happened. Even I've seen in life, even if you read the word of God, look at Paul's life, what, what he's been through. Even what they've been through, this place, right, standing with God, kingdom in his heart, this place gives you such a hunger for him and him alone. doesn't matter what, what your situation is. I mean, I'm a normal mom. And as I'm standing here today, I can't lie because the light of God is upon me. I've learned just to be transparent. And the truth is I, I still cry every day about my, my situation. I do. I'm a mom. I phoned this morning, 4 o'clock home. And when I speak to Aldo, and he's so slow and so monotone, and I just proclaim certain things in his spirit again and stamp it again. And, you know, with that broken voice, he speaks back to me and he says, not mom. Those times he would say, ma'am. He says, ma'am, thank you for obeying God. Not I miss you. Thank you. I drop on my knees and I cry and I cry and I cry and I cry and I cry. Because I'm nothing other than you. I see your children. I see what your children do. I had my own dreams, my own ambitions for him. But that was mine. And I see today how much God's dreams... You see, God has dreams for us. God wants to dream for us. But we dream our own dreams. David had a dream, but God had a dream. Mary had a dream, but God had a dream. Allow God to dream through you. You don't need to walk my journey. You can ask him, would you dream through me? You know, he's the dream giver. He's the dream giver. The beauty of kingdom is he installed. You know, before the foundation of the world, he already installed everything in your spirit that you need to do for God. And sometimes you say, but I, I'm not equipped. Is that true? Sometimes you say, I'm not equipped enough. He says, it's already in your spirit. It's as much as your spirit opens up that God's spirit will flow out. So then um, they gave me a little room opposite ICU and they said I could stay there and my husband went back to where we lived and um, came back and forth every day. My husband has his own business for 24, 5, 6 years now and those three months in ICU was his best three months in all his life. Isn't that amazing? 
because he couldn't be there. But so he was there and um, just lying like that every day in a coma full, just lying like that. And um, I was standing before his bed praying, praying, praying. And then day 12 come. No, the first weekend came, the first weekend. And my husband said to me, go home, be with Josh. I will stay the weekend. So this is what we did for three months. Weekends, he stayed, I go. And I was afraid. I said, I'm not going. What mother's going to go? And then if I go, he's going to die. I said, no, I'm not going. He had a soft, gentle voice. Trust me. Just that. Do you know that God doesn't speak much? <laughs> he does not. He said to Moses, I am. <laughs> that was enough for Moses to bring them out. I am. He just said, trust me. I said, that's it. Trust me. I went with those two words, home. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And um, that Saturday night I had a dream. And I was not a dreamer before. <laughs> really, I wasn't. I was judging those dreaming people. <laughs> Do you know those dreaming people? You know those happy clappies? <laughs> My father said, stay away from them. <laughs> so I had a dream. I had a dream. I saw my son lying like this. But his hand was right here on the top. And uh, I, I, I was in this place where it was all light. It was just all light, but I could see him lying there. And I thought, oh, he's dead. Because I'm sure we're in heaven now. Because it's all light, and here he's lying. Oh, he's dead. And um, I saw his lips turning black. You know, like dry. And then I could see his fingers drying. I'm like, okay. God, allow me to see that. He's dying. God, allow me to see it. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. I said, thank you. I know now he's dying. And the next moment... My child is speaking in the stream because I could see this. He says, Mommy, but normal, not like he's speaking today, normal. He says, Mommy, no. He says, Don't cry because when I woke up, there was tears. He says, Don't cry. Jesus says to tell you, Speak life. Well, I had no idea how you do these things. I come out of a charismatic church, but t I'm telling you, I, I've never heard that. So God knew, I don't know how. So again, the Spirit of God dropped a scripture in me because you know the Word of God is life. It went boom. <laughs> John 10.10. 10. He says, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life and life in abundance till it overflows. And I'm asking you today, who of you are living in that life? Where it's abundance in you. Streams of living water coming out of you. And people are eating from you. And the fruits of life are there. And where you go, kingdom come. Who is living that? Because that is the supernatural. And it's there for all of us. You see, to breathe is nothing. You can sit here today and you can breathe. It's nothing. That doesn't impress me. It's when the Zoe life of Christ... Is in you and life comes out of you. It's not your fancy words. It's where the arms of God, arms wide open and a heart transparent. A broken heart 
and God can pour out his love. It's where you are his hands and feet. That's where. I want to save the world, Lord, but my house is falling apart. He says, I want to bring kingdom into you. And then the scripture dropped in my spirit and I knew immediately, this is what God wants me to do. So just as a mom, I said, you will have life and life in abundance. To what do you think I spoke there? To his spirit. Because there's no distance in the spirit. You know, if I speak here in his spirit and I come back and I open up his book so many times. Once he was so sick when I was in Australia and my husband phoned me. He never do that. He just never do that. He always tell me it's good. But that day he phoned me, he says, Rieta, it's not good. It's not good at all. He's writing because he there was a time that he had shunts in his brain. He said, he says, this shunt needs to get out, otherwise he's going to die. And, and, and I still had to go to, um, I was in Perth and I still had to go to Sydney. So I'm on my knees till 3 o'clock that morning. I said, do you want me to go back, Lord? Do you want me to go back? What do you want to do? He says, who are you? I said, what do you mean? He says, who are you? I said, I'm the mom. He says, who, are, who am I? I says, you are the one that healeth thee. He says, do what you need to do and I'll do what I need to do. I got back and I, I said that night, I said, although I speak to your spirit man in the name of Jesus Christ, you heard what God just said. He's the one that healeth thee. Lift your spirit eyes to the most high God. I cannot do it for you. I'm your mom. You need God. Lift your spirit eyes to him. I got back. I went to Perth. I went to Sydney. I did what I need to do. I went back. He did not die. He's still alive. And I, I look at his book. He says, thank you, ma'am. I did lift up my eyes. There's fire in his eyes. Do you think that blessed me? We operate in the wrong kingdom. We get ourselves tired. The battle is not in the flesh. The battle is in the spirit. But we keep on operating in the flesh. And nothing happens. There's no distance in the spirit. So then I kept on saying, just like a mom that night, you will have life and life in abundance. You'll have life and life in abundance. What I never knew what I did is I was speaking in his spirit. I wasn't even speaking about his body. I was just depositing the spirit of life in his spirit. The spirit of life overrules the spirit of death. Amen. I was looking at the water in the hotel this morning. I mean, I am go to India and all these places. They say, don't eat, don't eat the food. I said, really, I'm hungry. <laughs> what should I do? I'm always hungry. <laughs> I said, what should I do? <laughs> I said, well, I just pray. The spirit of life <laughs> overrules all those jokes. I eat those chickens. <laughs> so this morning I look at that water. I said, you'll not kill me. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> the spirit of life in us. Janji Lake, you know his story? He went up in Africa. Everybody got malaria except him. Yeah. So they test him. They said, why, why do you don't get malaria? They test him. His house was light. They said, what is this? He 
He says, oh, that's the spirit of life. That's the spirit of life in me. That overrules the spirit of death. So I kept on saying that, and the next moment I saw his fingers starting to grow in this dream. And his lips turns back to color. And then he started crying. Well, till this day, he can't cry again. He never cried. He never, never, ever cried again. He can't cry. When he cries, he says, Mom, I'm crying. Can't cry. That was a normal cry. So then um, I woke up and I realized something happened in the spirit. Something happened. And it was so real. My mom was with me and I said, Mom, please stay with Josh. I have to go to the hospital, which was Johannesburg. So I left. I'm staying at Harabispur Dam. It was far. I had to go. It was middle of the night. When I got there, I found my husband on the floor in the, in the corridor and he sat on the floor crying. So I got in there. I said, why are you crying? He says, I asked them so nice not to phone you. Why did they phone you? I said, they did not phone me. I said, what happened? Why are you crying? He said, his heart stopped. I said, I know. He says, who phoned you? <laughs> I said, God. <laughs> I think it's him. <laughs> he showed it to me. He says, he did what? I said, he showed me how it looked in the spirit. I said, I could see how he was dying. I said, and then he spoke to me and he said, I should speak life. Now for an Afrikaans man, to say your child, which is in a coma, spoke to you. I mean, that's a lot. I didn't, you know, you get good people, but you know, good people don't go to heaven. My husband's a very good man. He was a good man. But good people is not faithful people, necessarily. God is only moved by faith. Not by anything else. He's not moved by your tears. He's not moved by your knowledge, by your goodness, humanity. He's moved by faith. But what was very interesting is he did not question me. He did not. Because here I am. And I was ex telling him, explaining to him everything. So he could not question that. That was beautiful how God did it from day one. My husband just looked at me. And you know, the other day he was giving his testimony and he said this. He says, I never could test, uh, I never could doubt her because what I'm going to tell you now, what happened, my first encounter with God, he says, she never looked the same. He says, I was so shocked because she wasn't the same. My, even my appearance changed. Yes. I was blonde. <laughs> I wanted so desperately to be blonde. <laughs> but when I had my first encounter with God and I look into his eyes, I saw, oh, I have brown hair. <laughs> and they curly. He says, yeah, that's how I created you. And I never, ever... <laughs> turned blonde again. This is who I am. He just loves us the way he created us. We are so desperate to be accepted that we do all these things. 
And I'm not judging you if you do it. I'm just saying to you, there's so much peace in being who he created you to be. But I couldn't be it before I didn't see it through his eyes. That gave me so much peace. You know, it healed me so much. So much. One second in his presence and your life will never be the same. Never, ever, ever. One second. How's that? So then um, I, I said to my husband, he said we should speak live. He said, but how? You know, the how thing. <laughs> I gave him the word, the Bible. I said, a scripture came to me. So I believe this is how. <laughs> so I opened the Bible and I stood in front of his bed like this and I was speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. Just speaking the word, just speaking the word. My back, 12 o'clock at night. Oh, tomorrow I'll start again. <laughs> speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. A little bit late, eh? We are all worried that your children eat this morning. True. Who have you fed your children's spirit this morning? They will eat if they're hungry. That's much more important than food. To do the will of my father. That is my food. Did he teach us that or not? To bless your children when they leave the house with a scripture. I phoned them this morning, 4 o'clock. Aldo said, you're late. Because <laughs> it's a nine-hour delay. I said, I know. <laughs> but I was too tired last night. <laughs> I said, I know, I'm pretty late. <laughs> because every morning, me or my husband, we bless them with the word of God. With truth, truth, truth. That's got much more value than Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> so I did this. And every night at 12 o'clock before I go to bed, I, I tell you the truth, I, I was looking, now looking. I just wanted so desperately to see his nose maybe moving. You know, just this. Or maybe his eyes would just, just this would make me happy. But nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, can you imagine after a week, I was a bit tired. So I said one day to God, now we have this wonderful relationship, okay? We are talking. We are talking. I mean, I'm just saying thinking. I know he knows what I'm thinking. So I said, you know what? I'm, I'm getting tired now. My back and, you know, everything. And I keep on sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing and I'm nothing. He says, I thought you were a farmer's daughter. I said, I am. He says, so did your father sow and then reap? He says, these things should have started if he was in your, when he was in your womb already. So there's not a day in my life that I try to skip to sow because I'm going to need it tomorrow so words of life so words of truth 
So words of encouragement. So words of destiny. So words of power. So words of blessing. And with a shock, I stood in front of that bed and realized I'm a bit late. But the beauty of the spirit realm is whatever you do so, you will reap. Even that was a seed. That was a death seed. Even that was reaped. We want the spiritual realm, then you need to take everything. You can't just take the good. You need to understand how it works. You know, you cannot have faith without understanding. That's why it's an eye of understanding. Many people don't have faith because they don't have revelation. This is what revelation is, is where the Spirit of God dropped it in your spirit and immediately you receive revelation. And if you receive revelation, you know where you get revelation? In the presence of God. You do not get revelation anywhere else. Because that's knowledge. But the revelation is when the presence of God is here today, He keeps on dropping in your spirit revelation. And you know, if God gives you revelation, no man can steal it. Isn't that great? They can come and argue and la 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 la, but no one can steal it. It's right there. Do you agree? So, a week went past and nothing happened. God just teaching me great lessons, hard lessons. I'm taking it as a child. I said, thank you for teaching me. I know, you know, I know the position that I'm in. I knew I didn't obey. I knew where this come from. Um, by, by then, I didn't know that. I didn't realize it was a seed, a death seed. But anyway, I, I started listening and I started obeying. And then the, the second weekend came and um, they called us in and they said, Mr. and Mrs. McPherson, you know, before you go home this weekend, we want to tell you we're going to put off the machines. He says, there's no hope. He says, we did three brain tests and there's absolutely no hope. And, you know, while he was talking, I'm talking to God. I said, well, well if that is the case, why did you let me keep on keeping on putting seed? <laughs> Pretty much arrogance in me, isn't it? Well, praise God, he took a lot of that out yet, already. But um, that was, there was a lot of arrogance in me. I said, why, why did you let me do that? If you knew he's going to die. And uh, the doctor says, uh, we can show you the brain scans, there's nothing, there's not even response. And um, you can stand and, you know, while we take the machines off and... And, you know, you're so in shock that you don't even know what to do. And they start pulling off the pipes and the stuff. And, and just one second, as I was standing there, my life was going through me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, pretty dark life. Self, 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 me, wanting God's hand, wanting God's hand, wanting more of God's hand, 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 never is hard. And I looked at the machines, and all of a sudden, it's like I came back, and I could hear beep, 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 28. And I thought, no, I'm not going to stand here. My husband stood there. I said, I'm not going to stand here. And I ran to the room, and it was winter, and I had a coat on, and I pulled the coat over my head, and I fell on my face. I said, 
It's okay. It's all okay. I'm just asking you this. With tears all over me, will you save me? Will you save me? And the next moment, nothing in this world could prepare me because it was just light. God will always grant you this request. Will you save me? There's certain prayers that God will always grant. Always. And that is his will. Because his will is to save. I love it when I pray and I know this is God's heart. So I'm going to get it. <laughs> it's guarantee. <laughs> it's guarantee. And when I said, would you save me? That light came on. And I wept. And I wept. And I wept. Because for the first time in my life, I met the Father. My Abba. I didn't even know his name. cloak of love just covered me and it was like a dry sponge that was filled with love love liquid love liquid love that was it was literally filling my veins it was filling my veins and I thought at one stage I thought this I thought I'm gonna explode because it all came from inside and you know how we tried to put it on outside but that love come from inside. And I said this in my mind, I think I'm going to explode. And he kept on just pouring out his love, pouring out his love, pouring out his love. And many times people would say, but when did you start asking for your child? I did not. I did not. I was in God's presence. And then he's, uh, I cried and I said this word. I said, why have I never experienced this? Why? I've been to seminars, I've been to church, I've been to so many places. Why have I never experienced this? What I was actually trying to ask him, is this how it should be? Are you telling me that we need to, to get to this place? Why? He says, you could not enter India. Well, it's a long story, I'm not going to share it now with you, it's in the book. Um, and all these books, we have about six or seven books now, and it's all on ebook. You can download it on our website as well. But um, he showed me the outer court, he showed me the holy place, and he showed me the holy of holies. He showed me in the outer court thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, and I was literally through the eye of God. I could see, like an eagle, I could see from here, and it was. It wasn't scary because he was right there with me. And what I saw is I, I literally he heard this. And I'm like, what are they doing? He says, self. Me, myself, and I. My finance, my business, my children, my, my, me, 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 I, I, I. And God need to fit in there. And then he showed me the holy place. And then he took me. The doors open up. And he took me into the holy of holies. And he says, without a broken heart, you will not enter in here. Because I'm spirit. And I'm calling your spirit to become one with my spirit. And I said, but why? 
didn't I enter in? I did cry out. He says, the, spirit, the scripture drop, 1 John 5, 21. I promise you, I didn't know the word. I didn't know anything about the word. Children, I tell you the truth. Anything that you love more than you love God. Well, my children were my God. I was my own God. Everything of myself was my God. You know, sport can be your God. Your ministry can be your God. Your knowledge can be your God. Your business can be your God. He says, I was not your God. He says, these things are idols. You were an idol worshiper. That's who you are. And I was standing naked in front of the King of Glory. But still his love was pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. I ask this question. I said, what can I do to have this every day of my life? What can I do? Because I will not be able to live without this. Can you help me? He says, I already did everything. That you can have it. He says, I paid the price that you can have it. I said, I will not be able to live without this. And there was a river, and that is the river of life. And he said, come. I was washed. I could drink. And you know what? Right now that river is open. But it's for those who want One thing I knew is, without this, it's not life. Without this, it's a show. Without this, it's flesh. And there's no life in that. Then he starts speaking as I was drinking and sitting under that river. He says, my child, your son will live and he will not die. He will tell the world that Jesus Christ is alive. He says, and you will take my life around the world. My life. 
He says, and you will walk a walk of faith. And I could see in my spirit my child lying like this. He says, faith is not what you see. It's what you hope for. Do you see how gently he teaches? And then he asked me, so what do you believe? What do you hope for? So everything in me pretty much knew I, I'm not supposed to say anything now because I'm maybe going to say it wrong and I don't want to make a mistake. You know, I knew that my faith level was not on the level that God is now stretching me. So I was like really pausing and, you know, the flesh part of me wants to say, he needs to be completely healed tomorrow. And then and the other part of me said, no, don't say that. There's more than fleshly healing. You know, I, I was completely in this, I don't know what was the right word. So I stopped. And then he answered. He said, far more that you can ask for, dream of, hope for. Far more. Far more. I'm going to give to you. And with that piece, I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because I was in that understanding that I never had kingdom mentality. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You can make a mistake <laughs> by having fleshly understanding and not kingdom understanding. So you, you, you just gave me grace there. And he says, it's okay, I, I see where you are. But far more. Whatever you're thinking, far more. And nothing in this world could prepare me for his far more. <laughs> I mean, his far more is far more. <laughs> Many a time I said, oh my soul, you're stretching me, God. And then he says, far more. <laughs> Always, when I, when I think you straight, he says, far more. Then I laugh. So, uh, he spoke a, a couple of stuff with me there that I really can, I can remember everything. But the last thing he said to me, because you know it's Rima, you, you never, never, never forget that. But the last thing he said this to me, and um, it's a 10-year journey, and only the recent couple of years, I would say three years, I started to start getting the understanding of that. Start. He said this, the last thing. I was ready. He, he was ready to send me now to go. He says, always remember this, my child. It's not about you on this earth. It's all about me. The arrogant part of me said, well, this time it is. This time it is. I mean, this time it is, isn't it? Don't you think we all have a little time? He says, no. It's not even about your pain and your sufferings. It's all about me. Point. Why are you here today? It's about you, about him. 
You created for him. You created with a plan and a purpose for him. Whatever you have is for him. The way he created you, what he put in you, your talents, your gifts, it's for him. It's all for him. And I tell you, the fullness starts when you realize that. When you realize, I am who I am, and whatever I am, it's all for him. God, use me. Then we start looking at each, at each other, and I can look at you today. I can see a creation of the Most High God. I could see how much he loved you when he created you. And you know what? God says, my child, the work I start in you, I'm going to finish. He says, I love you. He says, but I want more for you. And you have to understand, this is a word for you. He says, I am your provider. I am your everything. Thank you, Lord, for filling her up right now with your spirit of life. I thank you for complete healing in her spirit, body, soul, and all dimension and time. Complete healing. And receive your complete healing right now. In Yeshua's name, receive it. And there's fire that is pouring out upon you. You ask for that fire, receive it in his name. I see your spiritual senses are washed right now. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Your spiritual senses are gatekeepers. The one that controls the gates is the one that controls the city. Make sure your spiritual senses are redeemed and washed daily. Because they are gatekeepers that speaks to you instead of Holy Spirit. And you allow that gatekeepers in. This is a daily thing. You cannot expect to hear from the Spirit of God your spiritual senses are not cleansed. It's so interesting for me, you know, somebody said the other day to me, don't you think that is a ritual or a law? I said, what, why do you shower every day? Don't you think that's a ritual? Stop that then. <laughs> you know, God is simple. God doesn't make things difficult. Just think, why do you do it in the natural? Why wouldn't you do it in the spirit? You know, it's like baptism. I know I'm not a pastor, so please don't argue with me. I'm just very simple, childlike. <laughs> One day a man came up to me. He says, you know, but I, I've been baptized as a baby or whatever. I said, it's good. I said, but this is not how it works. You know, this is the repentance, baptism, blah, blah, blah. He says, but um, I don't think God wants me to wash and wash and wash and wash. 
I said, would you mind if your child wash and wash and wash and wash? Do you know of a parent who would mind? <laughs> I need to tell my Josh every day, go and shower. Remember your teeth. I said to him the other day, only those you want to keep. He's 13, I still need to say, go, go. <laughs> okay, so then um, I had that encounter. I opened my eyes and, um, and around about an hour and a half passed. I looked at myself in the mirror because I was so weeping and I wanted to wash my face and I had a shock. I had to look and look and think, what is this? I could see the difference. I could see the difference. I'm like, what? So I went back and um, the, the curtains were closed. In ICU, the curtains were closed and I couldn't find my husband. He left and um, I said, oh, oh, and then a doctor came. He was a heart surgeon. And I said, what is he going to do? Because now it can be, you know, they maybe he's dead, you know, that the heart doctor come. But I, I knew now what God said. Do I need to do something? Okay. And, um, wow, time. And then um, I said, what is the doctor, heart doctor doing here? They said that his heart went down, 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 28, 26, and all of a sudden it turned around 186. Woo! I said, yes! <laughs> they said, oh, give her a pull. <laughs> the one sister said to me, you know, this is ICU syndrome. You, we call it a sickness. It's like, I said, really? <laughs> the other day she was at a function where I was speaking and she came up to me. She said, I was the one that said that to you. I said, do I still have it? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So I just knew then. I said, I, I didn't want to go in. I said, it's fine. I said, I'm going to find my husband. And I was smiling and they said, shame. <laughs> shame. But I just knew. doesn't matter what I see. This is the beginning of my life. I met the King of Glory, and he said to me, it's going to be a journey. So when the doctors finally came out, they said, Mrs. McPherson, well done, you've prayed. He says, your child is now in this state. He says, he can't, he, he's blind, he can't speak, he can't eat, he has no bladder control, and they gave a name. I'm not even going to repeat that name. He said, um, but what we suggest you do, take this card and put him in this institute of God with your life. I said, Really? He says, yes, that, that's the best thing you can do. I said, that's not what God said. <laughs> My husband. I said, no, that's not what God said. Let me tell you what God said. I said, God says he will live and tell the world that Jesus is alive. He's like, okay, okay, you know. So I ran to God in the room again. Lord, did you hear that? Did you hear that? What should I do now? You said this and they said this. He says, yes. You make a decision today to whom you're going to listen. Today is your day to make a decision. He says, I hold before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. You choose. You choose. I knew it was God speaking and I didn't take it up lightly. I said, can I just have some tea before I make a decision? <laughs> really, this is a tough one. I choose. 
He says, this is all the life you need to have life in abundance. But daily, it's going to be a decision to make. Daily. There's not going to come a day that is just like, daily. That flower was in my bed last night, and I wondered. <laughs> but anyway. So I said, I'll choose life. I said, I choose today. I said, would you please write it down in the book of life? I choose today life. I choose your word. I said, God, I'll stand on your word. I'll live your word. I'll eat your word. But listen to this. Just bear in mind I didn't know the word. You know, you know, the, you know Christians know the word. I didn't know the word. But then I said this. By now I know God knows everything about me because I know he saw every. He showed me he know everything. So I said, write it down. I choose it. And then I said these words. I said, but please, don't drop me. Don't drop me. He gave me scripture. Hebrews. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. I will not. I will not. Surely, I will not. I will not even release my grip upon you. Can you imagine how I ran out of that room? <laughs> I ran to my husband and I said, look at this! Look at this! He says he will never leave us. Never. And on that childlike faith, I started. Till now, it sounds like a very pretty awesome story. But I tell you, the things that I've fighted in my life in these 10 years, you don't want to fight. I fight at principalities and powers. I've fight at so much things. I once said to God, I said, Lord, can I just ask you for a moment to bear my posture? Look at my posture and see, I can't really do all these things. You know, he gave me scripture in the Psalms. He says, I know your posture. I know what you can do. I don't need this. I need this. I need this. Starting to walk in God's supernatural not only glamour because if God wants to use you he will want to use you for his kingdom for his kingdom and you don't need to be afraid because just like David he says I'll teach your hands to war God will teach your hands to war God will open up the way but these things that I'm teaching you today is basic basic kingdom principles. Me and Aldo wrote a book on kingdom principles. How much I love that book is because God taught me through his childlike letters kingdom. I wrote the book because I start seeing, well, every day there's a kingdom letter. And I said, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? God says, put it in a book. So it was pretty cute. So this is where our journey started. Go. He was blind, go, lame, 
go. We took him home like this. We couldn't do anything of these things. We, we had to learn. You know, he had a pick. He had this. He was in a coma. And then I just said to Josh, all you need to say is life, life, life. <laughs> he couldn't speak much. Life in Jesus' name. Life, life, life. This is how simple it started, you know. And I was just, he was lying there and we had a, we took him out of hospital. We took him home with private nurses. And uh, we just um, speak life, speak life, speak life. So then the, the, um, the, 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 the therapist starts coming home to help us. And when they look at the x-rays and they stare, you know, when they start staring. <laughs> you pay for an hour and a half an hour, they stare. <laughs> so I would say, what are you staring about? No, there's not much, you know. I said, you're fired, you can go. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, he will never, you're fired, you can go. And uh, the one after the other, one day my husband says, if you keep on firing everyone, you know, who's going to do it? I said, I don't know, we. But I, I can't allow them to speak death. The doctor came in and I said, I think it's time to take out the pig. Um, or I can't remember what. And he says, never will, I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cancel your words. My husband says, just do it at your back. <laughs> I said, no. <laughs> so um, they were all fired. <laughs> so at the end of the day, my knees were so red. So the skirts, you know, starting to go down, down, down. <laughs> because we took him in that state. My husband held his head the you know, he was still completely in a coma. We took him out of the bed and I took one leg, one leg, one leg, one leg. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are born to walk. You will live and you will walk and you will talk and you will bring the kingdom to earth. Amen. And people that came to drink tea or anything, they were like up and down in the corridor, up and down, staring, speaking. I didn't care. I just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on. If they put an article in the newspaper, whatever about me, they would say, you know, she keep on speaking life, but there's nothing that we could... Oh, look. Just kept on speaking life. Go. So, the Lord spoke to my husband. He says, I want you to go at night and to close the trachea. At night, because I would freak out if you do it at day. Because, you know, the sounds that he makes. So, every night my husband got up and do it, do it, do it. Force him to breathe. Force him. Didn't tell me. After three months, he said to me, look, one day, look, he can breathe. Amen. So then we took that out. And then another one. And then, so one day, he still had the pig. Oh, and his mouth was in a spasm. So I didn't know what my husband prayed. My husband prayed. It was his birthday, is 1st of October. So his mouth was all the way in a, in a spasm. So my husband had this little prayer. Lord, I would so want him to open his mouth and just to eat something on my birthday. Just something. Well, I didn't know it. So I was flying to Cape Town to speak, and um, on, my, on the airport, there was those who are still um, sweets from heaven. You remember that store? And Aldo also always loved the sour worms. You know, they're so sour. <laughs> Holy Spirit says to me, buy four worms. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. He says, buy four worms. By now, I've learned to obey. So I turned back. Oh, worms. 
took the forums. I got on the plane and the aerostat says to me, hi, Ms. McPherson, so as your child starts speaking, I mean, he can't even open his mouth. No, not yet. And tears, you know, you sit there and, hmm, Lord, what do I do with these four worms? Fly to Cape Town, speak, go back. That night I'm like, Lord, what do I do with these four worms? And then my husband was out and me and the nurse, and you know those machines that they suck the... the yeah, yeah. So he was finished there and Holy Spirit says, take a worm and just put it under his tongue. The sour. So I started doing that. Didn't move anything. He was lame. Didn't do anything. Nothing. Second day. Third day. And that Thursday night, my husband said to the man, the, the nurse, what are these things in his mouth? <laughs> and the guy said, it's worms, sir. <laughs> he says, no way. We are doing this every day. How can it be worms? And he was so disgusted with this man, but he knew what the woman, the wife was doing. And I said to him, don't tell. <laughs> so the Friday morning with the last worm, he opened his mouth. So that night he had a strawberry. His tongue was so thick, but he had the strawberry and he sucked the strawberry in my husband's tears. And he looked at me, he says, you know what, I asked God for my birthday, if he can just eat something, something. And if you're in right standing, you will do a soft voice. Just do this. Just do this. Just do this. I'm going to give you a tip today. It never, it's never logic. <laughs> what God's going to ask of you never makes sense. But it doesn't matter. I've learned that that is so excited. He always used another way. And then I told this one lady that stopped coming because she was a speech therapist. And while Aldous mouth was still in spasm, I, I said to her, come, you can start, you know. And she looked at me, she says, he will never speak with this. I said, you're fired. <laughs> so one day I got her again and she was amazed that his mouth was open. She says, how did you get the mouth open? I said, God did. Four sour worms. <laughs> she said, oh yeah, we normally give them lemon or something. I said, so why didn't you? Why didn't you? She could not because she had no faith. It's not the worms that did it. It's with the faith. She didn't. She she had the recipe, but she didn't have the faith. You understand? So he opened his mouth, and then one day, this beautiful day in my life happened. The OTs. That the, is there something like that? An OT? Okay. She came, and she's. And I, I keep on telling them, "Come, come. You better come." But in their eyes, there's nothing because the rehabs didn't want him because he couldn't. Response, but I thought you know, then I'll bring you home. And uh, she so the OT came and she looked and she stared and she stared. And I'm like, Oh Lord, help me. And I said to her, Um, she said to me, I said, What are you looking at? No, Rita, you know what? I said, Don't say it, don't say it. I said, With God, nothing is impossible, so don't say it. She says, But you know what you can do. Put a pen in his hand, but now you must understand, if you know a coma patient, their hands are spastic. Do you understand? So it's like something like this. The Lord says to me, put a pen in his hand. 
like when you teach a child to write. So I'm like literally pushed it in. And he's holding it. You understand? God says, put it on the paper. She says, yeah, let him just do something, you know, to get the frustration out. I heard Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. Put it on the paper. Put it on the paper. Now you must remember it's about three months later, four months, five months. He says, put it on the paper. I, s- I put it on. And I could feel he's moving. Oh, now, but yeah, his hand. Now I'm holding his hand because he had, his hand was doing this. So I hold his hand. So I said, Elder, you can write, you know. You can do what you want. And I could feel he's moving my hand. He's moving my hand. I'm like, oh, okay. Moving my hand, moving my hand, moving my hand. Pushed. Looks pretty much like an A. But okay. I said to him, what part do I speak to? His spirit. I said, you know, looks like an A to me. I'm going to lift your hand and put it down again. And you're going to go on. And he pushed my hand. Pushed. What is this? Down again. B. I thought, pretty look like a B. But I said, I'm going to lift your hand and put it down again. C, D, E, F. I said, God, what are you doing? (laughs) Now can you imagine me? I was excited. And then the first letter starts. Mom, thank you for surrendering me. If you did not surrender me, I would have been dead. How do you know that? How do you know that? Now this eyes blind. I speak to his spirit. How do you know that? Goes on. Do you remember when he picked me up at the accident scene? He took me to heaven. I was there when he asked you to surrender me. I didn't even tell you that part. He asked me to surrender him because he said that is your God. Surrender. Surrender all your gods. Surrender. Surrender. I even gave my husband's business away that day. (laughs) He didn't know it, but till this day he's so happy. I didn't even ask permission. I just gave it. I pretty much knew we have to be barehanded. I look many a times at people and I see if you can just put it down. He says, that day when you surrendered me, he saved my life. He says, I would have been dead. And then he started explaining how God downloaded the word of God in his spirit. I met the children in heaven. How it looked in heaven. Go. There we took him out of the bed with a nurse. Go. And this is one of his first letters. Jesus will let me speak. 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 Jesus. Jesus will let me speak. Jesus will let me speak. Thank you, Jesus. I am going to speak. What is that? Call the things that are not as though they are. Who do you think taught him that? (laughs) Not this mom. What do you think happened to my spirit? (laughs) 
All of a sudden I realize he's at a place where I am not. What is that place, Lord? What is that place? What does that place look like? Does it look like perfection? It's looked like oneness with God. They said he will never eat. That was his first hamburger and wasn't his last. <laughs> My husband said the other day we should get invest in a fridge that has a glass door. <laughs> because he's always in the fridge. <laughs> Go. Jesus says we will not be disappointed because he's alive. He's with us right now. Many a time he said that. He's with us right now. Why are you crying, ma'am? He's with us right now. He keeps on saying, he's with us right now. When I cried in the beginning, he was a lot. He was just right. Why are you crying? He's with us right now. He's with us right now. Do you know it? He's with us right now. He's with us right now. People ask me, are you afraid you go to India? Are you afraid you go to Pakistan? He says, no, he's with me right now. He's with me. He said, you'll never leave me. And he will just never forsake me. Never, 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 never. As in never. Is that beautiful? I'm never alone. And people say to me, I'm so alone. Can you pray for me? I say, we better pray that Holy Spirit can fill you. I know I'm actually meaning a man, husband. <laughs> Jesus loves us. We just have to stand in our faith. Thank you, Jesus. Go. This is one of his first letters. Jesus, I love you. Thank you that I'm alive. I love you. We're a happy family. We kissed each other that night. Jesus kissed me. So I said, when did he kiss you? And you know, remember now, he can't speak. He didn't speak for a year. He says, when he picked me up. How's that? He said, when he picked me up, he kissed me. It was right there where I had that heat. How would you think he knew we kissed him? His spirit. Go. And this is how he spent his days. We had to hold his hand because his hand is this. Still many a times this. Faith in God, faith in God, faith in God, faith in God, faith in God. Mommy, when I come in the room and I cry, you just look at me. Later it was one eye open. Faith in God, mommy. Jesus says, you need to anoint me. I don't know how. <laughs> we had wonderful moments. And that first time when he said that, I said, how? With what? I laughed so much because that was Jesus. He said, Nola. <laughs> Do you know Nola? It's like, um, yeah, Ganola. I mean, I, the Lord knew that was in my cupboard. <laughs> Isn't that cute? God knew I didn't have fancy oils, you know, what we have nowadays. I didn't have that. He says, Nola. I laughed. I said, Lord. <laughs> so what is he trying to say to us? It's not the oil. It's not the fancy oil. It's the faith. I, was said to, I said to my husband the other day, um, our new house in Stellenbosch, he's flying there tomorrow. I said to him, <laughs> remember to take some Noah oil tomorrow. 
<laughs> to anoint the house because there's so many builders. I said, remember to take some Nola oil. And he just laughed because he knew what I mean. <laughs> Go. We were so happy in heaven. Jesus was with us all the time. We, we, we sang, we danced, and the angels were with us all the time. Go. To everybody that prayed for me, Jesus loves you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's got a message for you. Trust in God with all you have. God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's paid an expensive price for you. He will do it. We just need to trust in Him. He's our King, our Father. Thank you, our Abba. To all my friends, Jesus saved my life. He wants to use our life for His glory. We just need to honor Him. Thank you that you prayed for me. You know, Jesus showed me that you prayed for me. He was very proud because you trust Him. Jesus loves you all. We just need to make him happy by serving him. Jesus wants to bless us with his spirit. We're going to stand everybody one day before his throne and tell him what did we do for him on earth. Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. So what would you tell him? What did you do? When he said that, I said, Lord, he's 12 years old. What did you expect from him? He says to bring my kingdom down. If you look at him till this day, can't speak well, can't walk well, don't have a normal life like you, and he's busy daily bringing kingdom down. Amen. What are you going to say? What am I going to say? If you can just fix me, Lord. If you can just make my situation perfect. If you can just give me a husband. If you can just give me money. A bigger car, bigger house, I'll do it. Just make it easier for me. And I'll do it. Go. So you can imagine for a year he couldn't speak. So we had to get a wave communion. Uh, com uh, communion. Communication. So what we did is a normal diary. So wherever I go, he would write. You know, if we're in the shops, he would write, I want a cool ring, please. Or I want this, or I want this. One day... Um, um, he was in a tire, you know, a, a, a tire, a car tire, in the swimming pool just hanging. You can imagine, you know how these people look when they come out of the coma. This, it's pretty harsh. So they, he was just lying there, and we were thinking water therapy, you know, doing some stuff with him. It was very hot, and he was in the swimming pool. And a woman came up, and she just brought a little bread. Once a week, she brought us a fresh bakery bread. Beautiful. She just served, you know. That was Jesus. Knowing the mom can't go to the shop. and Isn't it amazing? I just love when God, people can serve. Because you know why? I know you cannot serve without the heart of God. You cannot. And um, she brought the little bread and he looked at her with this one eye. That one eye opened up. And um, he was showing me, you know. And when he showed then, with the hand was still, I knew he wanted to write something. So I took the towel and I cleaned the hand and now I had to help him. Those years it was pretty much, um, you know, still helping him. Nowadays, he, if, if the hand is rough, it's just here, whatever. But those days it was still. And he, he wrote and he says, she needs to be baptized. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. I knew she was in a tradition church. I think, no. He says, now. I said, no. <laughs> he says, are you obeying or not? <laughs> so I want to say, no. Again, and I, like, I can't say no. <laughs> and she says, what is he writing? I said, oh, nothing. <laughs> 
She says, why, not? why was he so desperate to write? I said, no, it's okay, you know, just go. <laughs> and she was insisting, but would you mind letting me see what he... I'm like, oh, it's just getting worse. And um, I thought, okay, Lord, you know, this is the beginning years. You know those, God just allow me to, I'm going to die now. <laughs> I've been confronted with so many situations like that. And I thought, okay, now I'm not going to make it, Lord. Ah! And she comes for the book. And I'm like, ah! And I said, ah, you know, I, I'm not pretty sure if he means you. You know? <laughs> Maybe you. And she just started weeping and crying and crying. She says, I'm staying awake at night, how God says, keep on telling me, I need to be baptized, 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 but I don't know how and where to go. Our Dwemini, you know, a, a reverend, what do you call them? He would not, we don't do it in those churches, but God, keep on prompting me. So what did he see in her spirit? The prompting, you need to be baptized, you need to be baptized, you need to be baptized. And he's like, well, so why don't she listen? And she just took some of my husband's clothes, and I mean, he was in that condition over this tire, just baptizing. And I said, bring her up, bring her up, you're killing her. <laughs> you know, and he couldn't speak, look at me. And then afterwards he says, she needed to die. <laughs> I said, not like that. Not like that. <laughs> so it was a journey, you know, for us to walk and... Um, well, I just quickly want to finish with this letter. My mom loves us. She throws a lot of love on us. She, remember the word, uh, the time, 2005. She knows I'm going to be healed because she was with me in the throne room with Jesus where he said that he's going to heal me 100%. 100%. Jesus already paid the price for my healing. Praise the Father. Please don't stop trusting God because you will see that I am going to walk. We will tell the world that God is alive. We just keep on surrendering ourselves to God. We will go around the world and tell about Jesus. Go! Everybody need to hear that Jesus is alive. What did God tell me? What would he do? Tell the world that Jesus is alive. That was 2005. It's 2000 and about five, six, seven. He got out of his wheelchair. He started walking. He went to a private school with a private tutor. He couldn't do it alone. But at the end of the day, when he finished school, uh, at the end of his school, he was goalkeeper. Wow. And uh, I tell you, he was the best. He had a face, you know, that big things on his face. But um, it was amazing to see how he was standing there. And I mean, he dropped down a lot. But he was a goalkeeper and he enjoyed it so much. And today he walks. Somebody still have to help him to walk. And you're going to see a lot of things today I'm going to show you. But he walks. Yes, he talks. Slow and monotone, but he talks. He has a life. And I tell you, he has life in abundance. And that life is for you and me. It's for you and me. All you need to do is choose. Choose life. Speak life. So Father, we thank you that um, we can share by the word of our testimony 
the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I thank you, Lord, for the food sanctified in our bodies. And thank you for your love that you pour out on us today. I thank you, Abba, for the fellowship. It's so wonderful to fellowship with children of God, with your children. We all family. Those who do the will of my Father, they are my brothers and my sister. Thank you for knowing them and that we can love each other and enjoy each other. We love each other and enjoy each other because of you. It's your spirit that makes us one. Thank you for that, Father. Bless our fellowship and bless everything today. In Jesus Christ, Yeshua, our Messiah's name. Amen.